Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcast that says when human beings act like uh, humans, you know, one possible response is, hmm, isn't, that's interesting. You know, but you usually keep it to yourself. Yeah, but that's a possibility. Anyway, it's, it's time for sleep with me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Sorry about that. And you, those of you that have been listening for a while know that Jonathan Mann a.k.a. the mystery bard, is the one who makes our lovely lullabies every night. Uh, you can also find his uh, music on Spotify if you just search for Jonathan Mann. His Song of Day songs are uh, slowly getting put up there. And you can learn more about that at jonathanmann.net. But you can also go to jonathanmann.net to commission a song from the mystery bard, uh, whether it's for a loved one in your life, uh, uh, upcoming business event or family reunion or, you know, for a secret song just for yourself, you know, for a theme song. Or I saw some listeners, you know, somebody secretly got me, some people got me a song that was earlier this year. Friends are buying songs. For friends, we bought my father a song or commissioned a song. And I don't think there's any gift that is... Uh, you know, there's something intangibly wonderful about Jonathan's music, and there's something wonderfully intangible about our, our relationships with one another. And you think there's some way that, that, that uh, a song can capture that uh, uh, deep, heartfelt, uh, uh, Mr. Ma- Mr. Bird, maybe you could capture it in a song where I'm trying to uh, r- ramble it uh, about commissioning a song. All of the time Every night I'm posting My song a day You can also hire me To write a song that can be A special way to say something That you want to say Birthdays, weddings, bar mitzvahs are for your company. Commission me to write a song. You can commission me. Thank you, Mystery Bard. So go to jonathanman.net and get get something unique, something wonderful, and you'll be supporting someone that's been making a song a day uh, and putting wonderful things out in the world. A, a true optimist, Jonathan is. Go to jonathanman.net. And our show does rely on listener support. And if you want us to, to help you get, to, if you get value out of the show, and you want to do the joy of uh, helping Scoot sleep at night? You say, "Geez, he puts me. Scoots puts me to sleep. Uh, I want to. I want to help him sleep at night, uh, knowing the show is supported and that I can keep making it. Uh, where it works best at twelve episodes a month would be huge. So if you can go to sleepwithmepodcast.com dot com slash support and support the show on Patreon, 
And just compare, what, what, what else do you spend money on? Do you, do you have a Spotify subscription? Do you have Netflix? Uh, do you pay for cable TV? Do you get a coffee every day and say, geez, uh, how many times do you listen to Sleep With Me? Is it worth 5 bucks a month to you? Is it worth 10 bucks a month to you? I would really appreciate it. Uh, and you can also just go straight to patreon.com slash sleepwithme. And if you prefer over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash support, you can also support the show on PayPal or Venmo. And that's it. Let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it's a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out your lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you up at night, whether it's uh, thinking, feeling, uh, whatever, <laughs> forgetting. A lot of times, you, you know, I'm not kidding. I said, this is, uh, believe it or not, this is the first opening I've recorded in two, two weeks. Uh, Longest I've gone without recording a podcast opening, I think, in uh, three years or two and a half, two two and three quarter years. And uh, I guess I'll get to that in a minute, but um, let's see. Uh, I didn't take any time. It just took time off recording. This podcast was still a bit of work, but uh, what was I going to say? If you trouble to cause dump a night tossing, turning mind racing, trouble against if you stretch by podcast, which is bedtime. We do it as a bedtime story. All you got to do is stay, get in bed, turn out lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What the rest means is I'm going to send my voice and my forgetfulness, my confusion, my meanders across the deep dark night. And I'm going to try to take your mind off of whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's something physical, something emotional, something, you know, intellectual, brain-based, you know. Uh, but, you know, something on the news, you know, geez, you, you know, any, any of the spectrum of uh, current events. Uh, or you could be traveling, you could be excited about something, you could be going through something, whatever. So I want to take your mind off of that because... Uh, the theory goes is it's at least it's hard to think about two things at once, and you know, for me when I get in bed, you know, when my mind starts, it typically starts racing. Or like things happen, like so I went, I've been traveling with family stuff for two weeks, and it, it, this is and this is what kind of what qualifies me, I think, to make this podcast is the level of uh, and and this word gets thrown around, but and I mean it in a you know. Well, I don't know if I mean in a wholesome way, but, you know, I got a lot of uh, issues. I'm, 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 I'm an ill person. I don't actually have a license to ill. Uh, but if they gave those out, they wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have to take a test. They'd be like, uh, I wonder if the Beastie Boys would give, they'd probably hire, a, where would you go for that? I mean, if you work at the DMV, you'd have a license to, to ill. I wonder how the DMV feels about the TSA. They must be, they must love that the T, T you know, about whatever, whenever that happened, that the TSA has actually stolen, uh, you know, all the jokes about the, D, the DMV. Other, I mean, but then they, then Zootopia came along. But I mean, that generation of kids, they won't, you know, the, all the millennials will be complaining about the TSA. So then they'll become, you know, 30-somethings and 40-somethings. They'll be making the jokes, writing the jokes. Then this generation of children, which I don't know what you call them. <laughs> I was going to make it, just insert some dark humor in there, but uh, no need to. But uh, 
they'll they'll probably bring back the DMV jokes, you know, it'd be backlash or maybe. Uh, I think I was just thinking that because I was traveling and because it's such a it was a current event with that guy talking about it. Uh, but what's my point? I think I, I thought I had a point in there. DMV. Oh, I have a license to ill. Well, I don't have a license to ill. I guess I'd like to apply for one. If anybody, but it, like I said, they probably say, Geez, you don't need to apply. It's uh, well known. You, it's based on the amount of complaints we've gotten. And believe me, you, you, you have a file here at the uh, ill office. And I'd say, yeah, I'd be ill and I've got a license to, I guess I do have a license to ill. Uh, but what do, what do I mean by that? It's just trying to, I thought I had an easy segue into traveling. And it's traveling for two weeks. And I tend to be not, uh, I, I tend to be delusional. I, get, I don't think you would make a sleep podcast three times a week if you were grounded in reality. Uh, so if you're new here, this podcast is uh, based on, uh, you know, self-proclaimed licensed ill maker, not grounded in reality, just in case you're expecting anything like that. But uh, I honestly thought when I was traveling, I would get about, and I'm not kidding, I said, I'd probably, I'll probably get seven episodes recorded over two weeks because that's usually what I record over two weeks. And it's three, like in a month, we, we, we got to put out 12 episodes. Ideally, we record like 14 or 13 every month. So that then the next month, you know, something, a blip comes up, uh, you know, we have one or two episodes to play with. Uh, but I was thinking I would get in a zone and I would start really, I, I was like, okay, every day in the middle of the day, I was, it, part of it was a family re- reunion and stuff. Uh, I'll record a podcast episode or, or part of one over 14 days. I thought, geez, if I record half an episode a day, you know how many episodes, I re- full episodes I record? Zero. Because uh, this freaking, uh, and it's just, it's just an example of the kind of stuff that might go through your mind. This, but this is how I live my life. Uh, like the way your brain works, or metaphorically it might work. Maybe it's your body, you know, gets agitated. It just just stick with me here. And I don't want to get anybody stirred up. But I said, I, I couldn't, this air conditioning, like I live in the Bay Area. And I really feel free. It was like if people say, Jesus, Scoots, how do you get, what's going on with your voice? I say, well, this is just my, how my voice kind of sounds when I'm chill and I'm, I'm like on a microphone and my voice is being amplified. And people say, oh, geez, we worry about your voice or what do you, like I could, like I lost, as soon as I, like within two days of being in this, uh, I was in Florida where it's about a million degrees with the humidity, like, uh, I'd like to blame my voice in the air conditioning, but the reality is, too, it's just like unrealistic expectations, which is, again, another thing that can crop up for a lot of people at bedtime. There's this part of you, or for me, I've got about, it's like an entire family. There's a whole family, the unrealistic expectation family. They live in my brain. Uh, not a small family either. It's humongous uh and yeah, they come with their Irish Catholic roots, so you know, shame based, a lot of shame based, unrealistic expectations, and uh, uh, do you know? But whatever. Uh, so I said, "Whoa, boy, this is going to be tough." They got a family reunion. I forgot. You got the heat, uh, the sun, uh, applying a sunscreen. That's freaking exhausting. Monitoring of sunscreen, you know, that's tiring. And then grappling with all the other things that have gotten me my multiple licenses to ill, licensees, is it? No, I guess I'm a licensee. But all those things, like, it just ended up I just didn't have it in me. And it was like, well, 
uh, I guess I'll have to, like, uh, and I'm trying to go through this thing where I'm grow, trying to grow up and be an adult and, uh, and be, you know, be, be of use in the world or, or be, you know, not be a jerk. I guess that would be goal number one. Don't be a jerk. And believe me, this podcast is like me putting my best foot forward. You know, if you had the unfortunate circumstance of being born, you know, as a relative to me or being in a relationship with me, you'd probably have a very, you know, say, well, he's got a lot of good qualities, but oh boy, uh, being around me has got to be exhausting too. Uh, and then being around relative, you know, people that have the same gene and genes as me or genome or whatever, say, holy moly. And then having all those parts of you that make a camel, what you, why can't you, you know, why, the, and that's how it can feel for me at bedtime, uh, every, almost every night, unfortunately, and during the day. But you try to be mindful or whatever. You say, but just how come you didn't get seven podcasts? How many podcasts? There's still a part of me. And I think it's, it was, it was sarcastic tonight. How many podcast episodes did you get done while you're gone? Uh, none, remember? Well, oh, boy, we're screwed then. Okay, well, uh. Yeah, we might be. It's going to be a little bit of work to get back on track, but uh, we did we did record. Oh yeah, how come you didn't record any episodes while you were gone? Well, were you on the trip? Did you, did you, did you remember? We just just getting the episodes released. You know, you forget how much work the podcast is because we have a routine. But when we're out of your routine. Uh, did you see how much, how many hours it just takes just to release episodes that are not not even recording and, and writing? I forgot how much work it is. Well, geez, I guess you should have made more time then. Why why were you so uh, lazy? But I wasn't lazy. I would go I'd get up in the morning, I'd do family stuff, go back to the hotel while everybody slept or swam at the pool. I was working on the podcast. You know, I think I took one or two naps, but most of the time. Well, geez, why didn't you get any episodes recorded? Well, I just told you, I just, I don't know, there wasn't really time. And my voice, you know, the air conditioning and the humidity. Well, oh boy, I guess you'll have to live with the, I don't know if anybody has that kind of thing come up at bedtime. But that's the whole idea of the podcast is that, you know, it's really hard to break that cycle in your own head. Because you say, could you be, be quiet, please? I got to go to bed. Well, I don't see how you could sleep when you didn't get any podcast episodes gone. I thought you were going to get seven done. Remember how good that was going to feel when we were unrealistically anticipating this trip? How good you were going to get back from uh, two weeks away and have seven episodes in the bank? Remember how good I, I told you that was going to feel? Yeah, I do, actually. You're very good at painting a picture of uh, of certainty before vacation. Unrealistic. Well, it was realistic to me when I was pitching you. You just didn't follow through and record. Okay, well, I don't, you can't actually, like, you can't be like Sir Davos and be like, okay, well, let me tell you a little truth here. It wasn't possible to record seven episodes. Uh, there's no reasoning with those parts of yourself, especially at bedtime, because you're already tired. But it's also hard to just ignore them, because they say, those just start literally tapping you out. You say, well, I'm going to put this pillow over my head and try to think of the girl at the checkout line I have a crush on. And so then they'll just start tapping you at the, you know, excuse me, excuse me. Hey, I have a question. Well, I'm, I'm trying to fantasize and cover my head with this pillow. Well, just get, how many, how many episodes did you record while you were gone? Uh, so this podcast is a little bit different. I just say, I try to take your mind off stuff. I, I use pointless meanders. Usually I try to keep the personal problems 
they're kind of inseparable from the podcast. What am I going to do? You know, I, but you know, I've, I've got I've self-licensed to ill, uh, but most of the podcast is silly. And this isn't, this is kind of silly stuff. I mean, what are you going to do these? These are things I'm grappling with, but I'm in the afflicted. That's what, that's why I make a podcast to put you to sleep. That's why I happen to be good at it is because I got to distract myself, you know, and to be honest, that's why I'm, I'm willing to put the work in because they say, geez, if anybody else says it, you know, I want to, I want to help you fall asleep. I want to be there for you. Take your mind off stuff. Be a little bit silly. Uh, be your boyfriend and get lost in the story. It'll have meandering turns. It'll take a while to start. It'll have pauses and, you know, where, where, where I ponder the meaning of words, uh, Stuff like that. Uh, actually, I used the podcast. When did I use it? Uh, oh, I used it on two kids uh, on the trip. I, I didn't actually use it. I was reading these two kids I'm related to. Uh, was it Ripley's Believe It or Not, I think? Or, uh, yeah, from a book of strange facts or something. And a kid's podcast is different. But let me tell you, this is a podcast about grown-ups. It works on some kids, but, uh, you know, I prefer... I'm going to do, I don't know, but, but I use some of the podcast techniques, but even more extreme because the kids, they always, they got so many questions. You get, it's a different business. I think that's why I don't make a kid's podcast, uh, too many lawsuits to, you know, I'd rather have people send me, you know, right away. Hey, I don't like you. You know, I dislike your voice, you know, whatever, you know, all that email I get, uh, I'd rather get that right away than like 20 years from now. Be like, you know, I always dreamed of uh, becoming a nurse. say, oh boy. And then I would be too old to handle it, you know. I'd say, oh man. How did I get it there? Is this, this is a brain I'm dealing with. So, but the whole thing is, it, it's not that, it's not the end of the world. We can, I can take your mind off stuff. I can use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, and I really have fun telling these stories or analyzing this stuff or looking at it. So I guess it'll be a little bit silly. Sorry, I don't think that was serious, but sometimes people say, man, you know, it, this is metaphorical stuff for me or relatable, you know, so that's my stuff. But maybe your stuff is like, you know, ankle pain or, you know, uh, just no outside noises. You got freaking too many bugs in your neighborhood and they won't shut up. Uh, you know, stupid loud bugs, uh, stupid SLBs, you know, stupid loud bugs. You know, get an insect. What, what are insect, insect actors called? Or said, I know they're called something. I, it was the only thing I didn't think it was paleontologist, but paleontologist. Uh, but that's somebody who works with dinosaur bones, I think. But anyway, um, I'm glad you're here. This is my first intro in a couple of weeks, so sorry I'm a little bit rusty, I guess. Uh, but, the, you know, that's my middle name, Creaky Dulcet. You don't get Creaky Dulcets without a lot of rust. And my mouth just made some popping noises, too. But, but anyway, I'm glad you're here. This what I'm going to do is try to take your mind off stuff uh, and distract you. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for stopping by. I really hope I really yearn to help you fall asleep. Uh, housekeeper on the web www.sleepingvodcast.com older episodes are there you can comment on the website you can get the older episodes there you can get me on twitter at dear scooter on facebook at sleep with me podcast i want to thank chris posty posterson from sounds like an earful and carl w who both edit our shows and chris does the theme music i want to thank scotty and jennifer on our honor on our artwork 
I want to thank Jonathan Mann, jonathanmann.net, who does our lullabies. You can commission a song from him over there. I want to thank everyone who supports the show, spreading the word, using the Amazon link, supporting the sponsors, or uh, uh, doing a monthly donation at Patreon at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron. Uh, what else? I want to thank, we have a Facebook group over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods. I want to thank the moderators that are Summer, Sarah, Lida, uh, Julie C., Jennifer B., and Laura. And I want to thank my family for putting up with me for two weeks, you know. Uh, and let's get on with the show. Okay, children, gather round again. It is time for the last part of our tale about Mumble Bear. And yes, grandson, great, gather round, all of you children. Oh, you have questions. Oh, oh great. Okay, what is your question, grandson? What happened? You don't remember what happened. Well, yes, it's been, it's, uh, okay. Does any other children you don't remember? Because I was going to start right where we last left off. Oh, you want me to tell, well, they can't spend the whole, oh, you just want me to talk about, uh, the, you had dreams about the comet. Of course you did. It's a, uh, a comet has a tail, and it's a wood vestigial tail. And I think it was vestigial within your dreams, children. Okay, but anyway, I will tell you, we were we were learning of a famous myth about Mumble Bear. And what had happened is, you know, long ago in this very village, uh, the, this is a tale of a god, Harriet, the mother of Bernie the Butterflies, in this story. But Karen and Julie, they were together, and they, they, they had a daughter named Vesna. Uh, they ran a tea business for the gods, and the gods would come and drink the tea. That's simple. The daughter's Vesna. Vesna was scheduled to marry Bernie the Butterfly, a butterfly god. Uh, then a god came, Mumble Bear, a god with a comet on its belly. It stood up a bunch of trouble with the gods and the tea, and was very uh, unkind, and then uh, decided to drink all the tea. And they also had this spe- special magical tea, children. And they were saving it for Vesna's wedding, cooled by the wings of butterflies. Or was it dragonflies? I cannot remember. But uh, uh, that tea was uh, was uh, special for them. And then Mumblebad did, uh, it wasn't even prepared for, for, for consuming yet. But Mumblebad did, did, demanded to drink the tea. Then they put Mumblebad asleep. Uh, there was also Tominin's uh, bounce game from another world with stolen muffins from the muffin universe. Uh, then Koa came from the muffin universe looking for her muffins. They they gave the Podman to Koa so she could listen to Knox. Uh, they prepared for the wedding. You could while well, Mumble Bear's Mumble Bear slept for so long. They got ready for the wedding. They printed a be- they painted a beautiful mural of Bernie the Butterfly's mother, who is an owl god. Uh, they prepared for the wedding, and then Mumble Bear awoke. Uh, before, not far before the wedding, uh, grouchy and rude and demanding tea. In tribute, in saying that he, Mumblebear actually had a plan to use the magic of the tea. Uh, tough to explain, but uh, Vesna comes from another world, uh, so so magical things and the tea plants. 
uh, to spread comet-bellied bass across all worlds. Uh, and who, one mumble, one mumble bass enough with a comet on its belly. We don't need more. Oh, you're raising your hand, grandson. Am I in? Am I telling the story or or living the story? Well, I'll tell you, you make me feel like I'm living a different story called the story of how the storyteller got a headache. I, do I have a headache? I'm getting, looking at you. I'm, do you see how my brow is furrowing? Uh, grandson, any other questions? Reasonable ones, please. Is Mumble Bear evil? Well, you know, some simple storytellers, like the, his grandfather... Uh, they tell simple stories with good, 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 good characters and bad characters, good gods and bad gods, evil and good. Uh, I would say Mumble Bear is rude. I do not know if we should get into a discussion of the nature of those things, though. But I would say we don't. I don't know. Do we understand? Is it the comet or is it the bear that is bad? What is it like having a comet on your belly? What would that do to even a god? And what does it mean? It's a comet, it's flaring, it's moving across the belly of a bear. Like it's moving across the sky. That's quite a lot to deal with, even as an observer. Oh, children, if you haven't heard the whole story. So the bear, Mumble Bear, is a god. It also has a comet on its belly. A flaring comet. Now try to let go of reality a bit. This is a bear. Not a not a menacing bear, like a plush bear you would get as a gift, but giant and godlike. And it has a comet traveling across its belly in a way that is barely, as I said, you, you cannot even grasp it. But you, when you see it, it is traveling across the bear's belly like the belly was the night sky. Slow. And it always looks like it's in motion, though it does not go anywhere. Oh, does it? That's what you, you think as you stare at it, and it flares, and it pulsates power. You you sense this is about—I don't understand any of this, but this is not good. A comet on a bear's belly. And the bear, when the bear gets angry, the comet flares more. So, again, this is God's stuff, children. Again, not easy to say, well, it's just okay. We could, is it a comet or sword? You'd, I knew someone would ask that. I, no, probably not. Well, how would you hold a comet? I'm surprised it's even on a belly, to be honest. Oh, I said it was a myth. No, this is a a, uh, a legend. I don't know. Anyway, please, 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 please. And so when we last left off, children, the bear was demanding the good tea. Bernie was saying his mother was coming and not going to be happy. Uh, the bear was calling Bernie a butterf the butterfly a liar. And, of course, our true heroes, you know, if you say, well, geez, if you want a simple version, to me, the true heroes are here. You know, everyone in the story is a hero. But, of course, we have Karen and Julie and the daughter Vesna trying to just live their lives, you know. Uh, friends of the village, friends of the gods and the demigods, they built a beach for gods to drink tea on, an inland beach. Uh, but while Mumble Bear was sleeping, Mumble Bear, excuse me, and uh, uh, Mumble Bear awoke and was uh, diatribing or dialoguing with Bernie and uh, grouching around, uh, Karen had slipped off. Uh, for Karen had spoken with one of the gods, one of the best customers, the god of confusion. Like, I think, is it Loki or Anansi? Every every other question is about Anansi or Loki. I would say, God, Anansi is a trickster and Loki's chaotic. 
I believe these are the, these are the, these are the stories you hear from these traveling storytellers, the buffoons. I'll tell you what the god of a traveling storyteller is, a buffoon, because they can't hack it. You know, they tell one storyteller to a story to your children, and it always has a Nancy or Loki causing trouble, and, and, and then you laugh and you laugh. And then I'm left to tell you a story. You know, when your teachers it doesn't have anything for you, they call in the, Oh, Mother Storyteller, could you come tell the children a tale? Uh, I had, you know, I had too much wine last night. Now, you don't hear that, but, but anyway, we'll say it was a, a Loki was the name of this god, a Loki, okay? A little bit chaotic, a little bit of a trickster, but mostly this god would use confusion, uh, the swirling, swirling confusion, uh, to, you know, as, uh, to, to get what, what this god wanted. He'd say, I don't understand and, and how much do, how much was I charging you for the tea again? You know, but they knew they, they, they had a different system because they did business with gods. Uh, but anyway, Karen was off and she was down and she was trying to figure out something and then Loki came along. And Loki said, what is wrong? And she said, I need some way to hide this tea from Mumblebear, the comet-based Gibelli god. And I don't know what to do. I wish I could just uh, sink the tea to the bottom of the swamp, but we'll need... She's, uh, and Loki said, you know the tea is magical. And she said, I know it's linked to my daughter, Vesna. And she, Loki said to her, what do you think, Mumblebat? And she said, Mumblebat's planning on using the tea to procreate uh, somehow. I don't, uh, you know, who knows how a god with a comet on its belly procreates. Oh, boy. What does procreate mean? Okay, grandson, any, make two of, uh, so there will be two mumble bears. You, you, you know, uh, how does that work? With tea, you, you know, mumble bear drinks the tea. I don't know, it's magic, is it simple enough for you? But she said, oh, my wife and I, you know, and our daughter, uh, you know, you, we we don't know what to do here, and Loki said, "Well, it sounds like this is it sounds confusing, and not the kind of confusion I cause, the kind of confusion life causes, and uh, jerky gods with comets on the belly." And she said, "I agree, I agree. What should, what shall I do?" And Loki said, "Well, if we could get a, a, the tea off the tea plant, uh, I, at first I was thinking we would steep the swamp with tea." But then, you know, I know a lot about drainage, believe it or not, even though I'm a confusion god. My hobby is ponds. I like up where I live in Valhalla East, I have a lot of ponds, and the, the drainage is strange. So we couldn't trust uh, it, that the water we steeped would stay in the swamp here. But I noticed the swamp is filled with uh, dragonflies. And it is just happens to be dragonfly feeding time. And I think if you open the door, I could confuse the dragonflies into eating all the tea. I can't say it would be good for them, but I don't think it would be terminally bad. This is what a Loki said to them. Very tricky, right? Not a good kind of tricky like a Nancy does. I don't... I, please, I have an interruption time for the story. This is not the time for interrupting my story. 
Uh, so uh, Loki cast a spell and sang a song. Actually, that's how Loki casts confusing spells, singing. And the dra- they opened the door and the butterflies were in there cooling the tea. And soon all the dragonflies from the swamp flew into the little greenhouse. And the greenhouse was full of butterflies and dragonflies, and the dragonflies started to eat, 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 eat the tea. And they consumed it very quickly. And Loki said, I'll be off. And Karen said, why? Because that'd be the bears coming. And down the pass trotted Mumble Bear with Julie and Bernie and Vesna right behind it, uh, yelling and saying, I want my tea and I want it now. I won't wait for any wedding. I'll have my tea and I'll be off. And then uh, poor Julie was crying, saying, my Vesna, you know, this tea is... And Vesna was saying, "I, I feel strange. I feel a little different. And Karen was standing in the path, and Mumble Bear said, Off the path, I, I'm here to drink of the tea. And they said, Well, you can, Mumble Bear said, I'll take, these t- take the tea with me. I'll take the plants, I'll steep it myself. I, you know, I know what I'm doing. And then uh, Karen just wanted to buy a little more time. She said, Well, how do you know what you're doing? Uh, how do you know how to procreate via tea? And Mumble Bear said, it is a legend that is told where I'm from. Uh, and, and so I know. Uh, because my people were so onerous, uh, the Comet Bears, that's what we're called. And because we're so powerful, and then the Comet fled and everyone flinched. Because we're so strong-willed, uh, the gods conspired long ago to take away our ability to love one another and procreate. And then Julie was about to say something else about it, and then the Mount Basin, and then they removed all ways for us to procreate, uh, you know, by any means at all, natural procreation, you know, or with assistance or whatever it is. And the Mount said, uh, stolen from us, it was, so that we wouldn't. I would be last uh, comet bear, and I've been burdened uh, as my parents passed away uh, to save the comet bear. And then Bernie said, "Doesn't seem like it was saving, is the thing." And then the comet fled, and it fled so much that the uh, greenhouse turned red, and then. Uh, uh, vaporized, and all the butterflies and all the dragonflies scattered across uh, the swamp in the field. And when they were gone, there was nothing left but tables and empty pots. Mumble Bear stood, and the comet fled. And Mumble Bear growled, a deep, deep growl. And Mumble Bear said, where is the tea? And uh, Karen said, the tea is gone. It is, was not for you. It was for our daughter. And Mumble Bear said, well, I, uh, I don't know. Where is the tea? And she said, it, it, the tea is within. It'll be pa- Unlike you, it'll be passed along from generation to generation. And Mumble Bear said, I don't understand. And... Uh, Karen said, as long as Vesna stays here near this... Uh, and then she said, oh, 
And Mom of said, well, I guess I'll be going with, with Vesna then. And then Bernie stood forward. And Bernie said, you know, you'll be going nowhere. And then the comet flared again. And just then, uh, down the path, I think from a tour, uh, you know, uh, a, a traveling storyteller, your grandfather, yes, grandson, I see you sitting up straight. Your grandfather came and he was strumming one of those, uh, what are those things called? A ukulele? No, not a ukulele, not a harmonica. The round one, a vinjo, you're right, a vinjo. And singing a song. And uh, this was a younger version of your grandfather. Quite not handsome, you know, just like your grandson. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You are, and you know, you know, you are a nice boy. Uh, but he came strolling down the pass, and he said, "Oh, hello. What have I stumbled upon?" And they said, "Oh, hello, storyteller." Uh, you know, and every uh, and everyone went silent, and he said, "It seems I'm interrupting something." Oh boy, just what I do, I interrupt. Uh, I just hear, and everyone looks so down. And then he saw the giant bear. And he said, who is this giant fellow? Is that a comet on your belly, or are you just happy to see me? And then he elbowed it, and then the comet flared. And then Mumble Bear, you know, but your grandfather, he's not a smart man, so he didn't know uh, to, to, that this was big trouble. And Mumble Bear said, what do you do? And he said, well, I'm a story. I'm the storyteller. Just burned, went on a village-to-village tour uh, telling tales. You know, I'm the local boyfriend. That's what they call me. I just did a show for Sally and Mike. And then it was Cheryl Q's birthday over four villages down. So I did a whole performance for her. You know, I'm the boyfriend. It looks like you need a boyfriend, Bear. And the bear said, I need nothing. And he said, well, it seems like everyone's all been out of shape here. Oh, and then your grandfather, oh, Bernie, good to see you, my lord. Uh, you're looking grouchy as always. And the bear said, you know, you're interrupting. And then the grand, and sometimes I wonder if your grandfather's smarter than he lets on, but, you know, but then I, you know, I have to live with him, so I know it, uh, sometimes his brain just misfires in the right way. But he said, oh, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. And then the bear said, you're interrupting, I said. And he said, you're interrupting me, bear. And then the comet flared and Bernie locked eyes with your grandfather. And he said, what does a boyfriend do? And I said, I'm a teller of tales. Sit down, I'll tell you a tale. Bernie's father. I just ran into Bernie's father. I saw him in Paris with Sarah and Summer. He was blab, blab, blabbing along. Bernie's, have you met Bernie's father? Uh, what's your name again, Mr. Comet Bear? Are, are you one of the famous Comet Bears? And Mumble Bear said, uh, what? They said, oh, what's your name? Are you one of the famous Comet Bears? That's what I just said. Did you not hear me? And Mumble Bear said, my name is Mumble Bear. How do you speak and how do you know the Comet Bears? Well, it's funny, I travel far and wide as a teller of tales, you know, and sometimes I, you know, there's a mysterious bard I've worked with many times. And I said to the bard one night, I said, I, I miss my love that I've never met and that won't go, you know, that even the ones that I've met, they won't go, you know, they won't go out with me. 
They said, tell me the saddest tale of lack of procreating activity. And then I elbowed him, you know. And Mumblebee said, I don't understand. And your grandfather, he, he, he he's accidentally charming, I believe. Uh, just, well, you're not there yet, grandson. But uh, he said, the woman, the women that I seem to like, Mumblebee, I don't know if you have this experience, but they don't seem to, uh, you know what I mean? They don't see, they, they find me a buffoon, just like you. Do you find me a buffoon, Mumblebee? And Mumblebee said, a bit. But how do you know of the comic bears? Well, you know, one night I told this mystery bard to tell me a tale of the saddest tale of lack of procreation. And he told me the tale of the comet bears. And how they were, you know, you know, because you, you, your people were rude, you know. They, they went around bossing, and, and it's, you were rude to gods, you know. That's the trouble where you got the trouble. Uh, but I've always been curious, you know. I, I said to myself, uh, well, geez, why are these bears so, you know, is it the bear that's rude? Or are we just uh, interpreting it as rude? And then Mambo Bear said, you really are a boyfriend because you're boring me. And the grand grandfather said, well, I was just getting to the point about how much I feel for your experience. Are you, are you the last uh, comet bear left in the world? And Mambo Bear said, I'm the last comet bear left in the universe. I said, whoa, that's terrible. Uh, and are you searching the universe for a way to procreate, uh, to keep your bears going? And Mumble Bear said, I am, but I don't seem to have, be having much luck. I thought this tea here was going to help me, but these fools don't seem to have compassion for a bear with the comets on its belly. And your grandfather, he said, well, that was what interested me most about the tale. So then as I traveled after hearing of the sad tale of the mean bears with comets on the belly, I traveled from town to town, always asking more. Why, why did these bears, uh, which came first, the comet on the belly or the bear's behavior? And I was always listening to tales of people with celestial objects on them. You know, for, for I've heard of some things, like, you know, but but never anything like a comet flaring and traveling. It's amazing to watch. You're very attractive, I would think, if if there was another bear, another comet bear. I would always wonder, are all, are all your comets unique? Uh, and, you know, does it flare more when you're uh, in, in seduction mode? And Mumble Bear was silent, just with uh, wondering. And I always, you know, I said, Jesus, was these guys, and I, I always would get to gods. I would say, do you know of any other gods that, that uh, have celestial bodies? And then they only said, you know, the only one they knew of was your mother, Bernie, uh, believe it or not. And I said, well, she, that's a different situation, Mumble Bear, you know. Uh, do you know Bernie's mother? Mumble Bear said, I've heard of her. She consumes celestial objects in her belly. I have a comet on my belly, not in my belly. Oh, but that's not the whole tale of Bernie's mother. Uh, and it was funny because I had been in this village and they were telling me of these chickens. They had said once that this was the greatest chicken village. Uh, it's quite far away, but they have the tastiest chickens. Uh, not far past uh, Alexandria, you know. And, uh, no, Alexandra, you're right, you're right, children. 
Uh, they, 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 and they said the chickens are so good there because they're treated with respect. Uh, and I said, well, I, I said, tell me more. This was the local storyteller. And I always wonder, children, was it a woman? I, I asked him, was that your first love? Uh, and he said, no one loved me till you, my dear. Uh, but they said one time our chickens, you know, the reason we created chickens with respect is eons ago, the chickens in this village, they stopped to, to cluck and they stopped to squawk because they had comets on the bellies. Or was it shooting stars? I, I don't remember. And then Bernie said, there's a big difference. And I said, excuse me, excuse me, I did not know. I, 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 of course there is. Uh, but they had said, you know, that the uh, chickens had, it was uh, terribly rough on the chickens. They had stopped clucking and squawking, and all they did was peck, peck, peck at everyone that came by. And then they called, you know, that their village, they, they had been known before that for the chickens being, you know, the pretty good chickens, not the best of it at, at that time. But they prayed to the gods, and they searched to the gods, and they went to the temples, and they went to the the oracles, and they ask the questions, what should we do about our chickens? They have shooting stars on the bellies. And they said, call upon Harriet, uh, the, the owl of the night, and pray that she comes. And so for many moons, uh, and not to be upon her, but uh, they, 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 they prayed to Harriet, and they said, oh, Harriet, come and save our chickens. For all they do is peck, 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 shooting stars, you know. And then they said, well, how did they get... That's a whole nother story, children, but it was a curse. You know, someone was not nice to a storyteller. And the storyteller left town with comments, shooting stars on the bellies of the chickens. Uh, but then Harriet came, and Harriet gobbled up all the chickens, and then uh, spit the chickens back out, and within her belly she shot into the sky... And for many nights she sat up there in the sky, and you could see her belly with the moon and the stars. And there were so many shooting stars for that month as she healed the stars that were on the chicken's belly. And the village was saved, and the chickens were saved, and the chickens went back to clucking and squawking because Harriet put them in the belly. So I was thinking maybe Harriet could put you in the okay, Mama Bess said, this is the source of my power, this comet. I won't have it taken by it. A butterfly's mother. And then he said, well, she's coming to the wedding, you know. That's why I got back here in time for this wedding. In case this year when he's single, and believe it or not, children, I was at that wedding. That's how I met your grandfather. They invited me because I was at a date with uh, Tommen, uh, that boy. Anyway, not important. Uh, but your grandfather tried to give me, said, well, geez, why don't you, you know, just let... Uh, you know, just, it, it won't hurt. It didn't hurt the chickens. And then Mumble Bear said, I won't give it. And then Mumble Bear got angry again. And Mumble Bear said, no one will take my comet for it protects me. And I, you know, and then Mumble Bear said, that's it. I'm taking out this whole village, this whole swamp, all of you. And then when Bernie's mother comes, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to, she'll be crushed. And then maybe I'll even take care of her. And everyone said, oh, my goodness, this is terrible, terrible news. You know, what is, what are we to do? And Mumble Bear said, and then your grandfather. Now, this is not really his grandfather, so don't be impressed, okay? But your grandfather 
change because he's a god and he said, I'm actually Sabounce, my friend. And I challenge, and then your grandfather changed into Sabounce, the bravest cat who's ever been, who bravery's ever known, the best friend boys could have and people could have, actually. Boys and girls. A cat that goes across eons, uh, changing the fate of the universe in the most positive of ways. And the bear said, what are you going to do to me, cat? I have a comet on its belly. And my surpounce, your grandfather said, I have a fire in my heart, mumble bear. I have a love of these people. This is my village. These are my friends. I give you one chance to, 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 to give yourself up for Harriet to heal you. It will be very good for you, and you'll be free of the comet forever. If you don't do that, uh, uh, by the honor of Brenda, uh, who, who gave me the power of Sir Pounce, uh, my, my mother, you know, Brenda, I will have to do to 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 deal with you, Mumble Bear. For I won't let you do anything to this. This is my home. And Mumble Bear laughed, and the comet fled. And Mumble said, "You're nothing to me. I have a comet on my belly, and all the power that goes with it. And everyone knows it, and I know it. This wedding is over. This village is over. Your tea business is over. All of it is over." And Sir Pounce said, I'm afraid it's not. And Mumble Bear said, really? And then Sir Pounce stared at Mumble Bear. And Mumble Bear stared at Sir Pounce. But Sir Pounce said, you forget I'm the boar friend. And they stared at each other for hours and weeks and days. But after some time, your grandfather said, just because he was a cat, it doesn't mean he was a fool. And he started to tell the most stalling tales ever a bear's ever heard. And soon Mumble Bear grew tired. And as Sir Pounce talked, he was also speaking in code to Julie and, and Karen. And Sir Pounce said, once upon a time, you know, I met a, my mother. She, you know, the, she was a goddess. She made me into the bravest cat bravery's ever known. And she made, she also gave me a magical cloak with an M on it for magic. And it's a beautiful green cloak, and it has some... Uh, some branches and flowers on it, and it's in my room in a chest at the foot of my bed, and if someone brought it here. And then he did that till, till Mumble Bear was asleep, and then uh, Julie came back with um, uh, Sir Pounce's cloak. And as Mumble Bear slept, Sir Pounce put the cloak over Mumble Bear's comet. And they said, what are you going to do? And Sir Pounce said, well, I'm going to do, do the only thing that I can do. It is either the comet consumes us or it consumes Mumble Bear. So I'm going to give Mumble Bear, uh, you know, a choice. And Mumble Bear's eyes opened and Mumble Bear said, what are you doing? And Sir Pounce said, we, I'm giving you a choice. You, you have one last chance to let Harriet uh, heal you, this comet from you. And see what it means for you and the comet bears. And Mumble Bear said, I wouldn't be a comet bear with no comet on my belly, fool. And Sir Pounce said, well, I see you've made your decision because it's either you or the comet. 
And Mambo Bear said, I don't understand. And then the comet started to grow. And Sopan said, you, you will be consumed by the comet. Uh, your attitude will burn up and go away. So be nice in this comet. And then the comet started to grow. And then Sopan lifted the comet up and threw it into the sky. And as it left our earth, it fled and it fled and it fled as it consumed all the anger within Mambo Bear, the Comet Bear. And it gave a cold blue with the red in its tail. Yes, children, it is the comet that passes over tonight. That's why I'm telling the tale, of course. And Sabound said, and now you will forever fly across the deep dark night, Mambo Bear letting us know not to be consumed by our meanness or by our anger or by our nastiest sides. We can be grouchy, yes, we all get grouchy. Uh, but each year as this comet flies across the deep dark night, we'll remember we're together here living uh, to help one another, even children that don't sit still when I'm trying to tell the tale. And whether you're alien to this world or one of a, a regular human, as many of you children are, when the stars are in the night sky, and you could say something to the comet, you could say, sleep with me, uh, sweet comet, like Ted and Laura. Laura is the one who sings at a comet festival as the comet flies across the night sky. But you know, as 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 we sleep and rest, uh, we we that is what we do. I guess is what I'm saying. I'm, 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 what else could I do? Say, but the comet flew across the sky, children, and it's always a reminder to be nice. Okay, that's the end of the tale. It's time for the comet treats now. Go off. Yes, run off. Go ahead, grandson. Oh, you want to sit in my lap and hug me? Oh, thank you. Oh, well, yes, we should, grandson. We should thank Harriet and Karen and Julie and Alexandra and Vesna and Jennifer, Julie F and Julie G, Sarah N, Alexandra, Brenda, Meg, Trish T, Ted A, Sally and Mike, uh, Julie C, Summer and again Harriet and Sarah and Tonya, Sally and Mike and Vesna and Cheryl and Sarah, Alexandra and Brenda and Julie F and Laura to be to the S to the R, uh, Joe and everyone else uh, for the honor. All that contributed to this tale. Thank you and good night. I want to read through some of these reviews of a uh, new kitchen or sleep time kitchenware. Embuglumop. Embuglumop. Uh, five stars, best shows, uh, puts me to sleep. Uh, new Zero Zero. So I mean, it's a new zero. Soothing stories. I've dealt with insomnia anxiety for most of my life. Tried everything yoga, ambient, warm milk, vigorous exercise, a chamomile tea, eating a snack, not eating. These remedies work for a day or two, then I'm back to being awake. Uh, but this podcast really does help calm me down and get me in a restful state. I don't always fall asleep, but at least I do feel calmer. 
My thoughts stop racing, I stop worrying, and I can just enjoy the story. Give it a try. Even if you can't sleep, you'll get a fun story. A magic pill for sleep. A podcast is amazingly effective. Big plus is it. It's helping me get back to sleep when I wake in the middle of the night. It's a tossing or turning for two hours. I'm snoozing in ten minutes. Sleep with me is the greatest sleep aid invention in human history. Holy cow. HBO 33. Uh, that's cool. It's somebody's 33 HBOs. Works wonders. Came across this podcast uh, during a time when uni and work became really stressful. But struggling to sleep every night and it managed to achieve what it sets out to do was he balances the ability to get you to listen and pay attention while he's droning so you fall asleep quickly. Highly recommend this podcast. That's from Aussie Cookie. Uh, thank you. Uh, from Australia. Cure for insomnia. I'm having trouble getting to sleep and episode of the show and I'm out like a light. That's from Kel M. Lucy. Kel M. Lucy. Kel M. Lucy. It calms my mind within minutes. This guy reminds me so much of my dad. Just rambles on about the most random things. Pretty hilarious. Next thing I know, I'm not as distracted. With life stresses and off to sleep, I go simply amazing. Support this guy. I've tried all kinds of guided meditation for sleep, but they just make me focus more on the fact I can't sleep, which is even more stressful. Uh, this podcast is so different. It focuses your mind off of anything. Uh, by scoot rambling on about everything in such a dull way. Genius. That's by frustrated farmer Lola. Uh, sleep like a baby. That's uh, Sarah Bella. Wow, works like a charm. Soothing voice, boring topics. It's great. Well, thank you. Uh, this one's from Jess, Jazz, Jazz Minion. Jazz Minion. I actually find this uh, kind of entertaining. What the? Huh? It didn't actually make me sleep because it's unintentionally funny. Instead of falling asleep, just why laughing. I've got a weird sense of humor. Uh, company and comfort. I've been listening to this podcast for over a year. It really works well to quiet the nerves and racing thoughts that pop up as soon as they can go to sleep. Uh, trying to follow the meanders and the metaphors, your brain stays away from your own baggage and wanders off. Some nights those racing thoughts might race till they wear themselves out. Until they do, Scoots keeps you company so that you won't have to deal with it alone. Goofy, self-aware, honest fun. This podcast is what I term to time and time again for comfort in the deep, dark night. Uh, that's from Blondie, Blondie Bean. Thanks, Blondie. And mentally guitared and from Canada. Doesn't like... Uh, Music, so they stopped listening. One star, thank you. Uh, Sadrina729 from the USA, too funny to sleep to. Oh boy, sounds like a bumbling Owen Wilson. I like this podcast, but I find the host hilarious. I just laugh uncontrollably instead of falling asleep. Oh, thanks, Sadrina. Don't worry, worry, my humor wears off within seven to ten listens, so uh, you'll, you'll be asleep soon. Thanks so much, everybody. For supporting the show. And if you want to review the show, just go to sleepingpodcast.com slash iTunes. Thanks.